Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Take Back My Brain. I am so excited about today because I have one of my most favorite human beings with me today, Dr. Daniel Pompa. He is my friend. He is my mentor. He is my brother in Christ, and I just love him and his family dearly. So thank you, Dr. Pompa, for being on here today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. And uh, all of those things mean something special to my heart. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. I just am, I'm part of Dr. Pompa's Platinum Practitioner Group, and I can't tell you how life-changing that has been. So I can never thank you enough, Dr. Pompa, for changing my life in multiple, multiple ways. So yeah, I appreciate that for sure. It's an amazing group of humans that we're, that we're connected with for sure. So one of the things that I love about Dr. Pompa is he talks about getting to the root cause of everything. So I was wondering if we could kind of tap into the root cause of inflammation today, if you're up for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, you're right about that, though, right? It's um, what we do very differently in our group mm -hmm. is really go after cause. Um, as, as an example of like how watered down that really has gotten, I, I, you know, when I was at a seminar just recently, they were talking about the cause of gut all the gut problems, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, but they talked about gut problems as being the cause of immune dysfunction, brain dysfunction, and a lot of different conditions. And, and I agree with that. But the point that I made was it's still not the cause cause, meaning what is causing all of the gut problems that we're seeing right. in the United States? And I, I thought this was interesting because I, I, I sat on, a, I sat within the audience of a panel that the audience was half European and half American. Mm -hmm. And I had to bite my tongue throughout the, uh, the, the, you know, <laughs> the panel uh -huh. because they were making the cause of the gut problems, the lack of fermented foods, the lack of fiber and eating too much meat. Okay. Wow. So now I, I didn't want to disrespect the panel because I, I thought they were bringing some good information to it just to, right, to be honest. Those are valid but points. Yeah, absolutely. Valid points. Right. And, and they knew who I was in the audience. So I didn't want to be that guy. But finally, at the end, something amazing happened that did, I, I didn't have to speak up. And it was so perfect. A, a German gentleman raised his hand and he said it. He said, no disrespect to the all-American panel. <laughs> he says, but just an observation yesterday at lunch. We were sitting at lunch and, you know, maybe four or five Americans were at the table and then maybe five or six us Europeans were at the table. And the Americans were going on about their gut problems, their food intolerances, the one, you know, the, some different conditions they were suffering from hormonally. And we started talking amongst ourselves, you know, the Europeans meaning, and we were like, we didn't have any of these things. And we, we were noting that, like, do you deal with that? No, Daniel. And I have to say, that, you know, we don't eat the diet that you're promoting. And I'm not saying it's a bad diet. He was very clever with his words. I'm not saying it's a bad diet. All I'm saying is it sounds like there's another cause to the gut problems. And, and, and then another woman raised her hand and said, look, I when I go to the US, I get gut problems. When I come back, I don't. And then I raised my hand finally and said, well, I think we're on to it. It's the level of toxicity right? that is real issue and then of course they said yeah because these things glyphosate's banned in the uk yeah they, they didn't deal with the forever chemicals and all these food chemicals and all these different chemicals it's banned there they never 
you know, experienced it, and yet they, we don't see the gut problem. So the upstream cause, really, of all of these things are the levels of toxins that we're exposed to in the United States. And by the way, diabetes is more than ha- less than half um, there. Obesity is almost non-existent when you go to Italy, despite the, the amount of carbs that they eat. I think it's double. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And they don't exercise. You don't see gyms. Oh, Italy, no. Okay. It's yeah. like, so, you know, why do they, why are their health statistics so much better and you don't see obesity? You know, it, it's not what you think, but anyways, I know. Yeah. I think the cause is toxicity. My, um, I have my nieces and nephews both spent some time in Spain for, for school and stuff. And they're like, we're eating at 11 o'clock at night. We're eating all these, this gluten, we're eating all this and we feel fine. So like what you're teaching, is it really true? I'm like, it is in America. Yeah. 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 You know, but it is instead of, you know, looking at you know, the look, the reason people are sick today is a toxic issue. And you can't pin it on every illness, but when you look at the hormone dysfunction in the United States versus other countries, you know, the obesity, the waking, look, diabetes, it's estimated 30 some percent is purely toxic issue, which who's talking about that? I believe it's 80 some percent of diabetes. When you look at the thyroid cases, it's mostly all um, endocrine disrupting types of toxins and uh, heavy metals and those sorts of things. If you look at the neurodegenerative disease, if you look at chronic inflammation, the, your question, inflammation is at the root of most of the chronic illnesses. And we look at the number one cause in its specific toxins. And we can be more specific about that if, if people want. Yeah, I think let's get a little bit more specific because you, you're bringing up these endocrine disruptors and thyroid. So how does inflammation play into those things? Because in my practice, that's all I see is women with thyroid, hormone, and brain mm-hmm. issues, right? Yeah, look, Laurie, how, how are we treating that? We're giving more hormones, right? right. And you, know, you and I have recognized there's a time and a place for that. But uh, the fact is, is how's it working out? How's it mm-hmm. working out? Because when people first go on the hormones, sometimes they feel a little better, but then that wears off and then they don't. And then they still overweight, their hair is still thinning. Um, their blood work oftentimes gets better, but yet they don't mm-hmm. feel better. And there's a reason for that, right? And, you know, one of the things that, you know, we always talk about is cellular inflammation and being more specific. I'm looking for something to draw with, but um, I really should have a nice little marker here. (laughs) All right, well, I'll I'll use this and we'll see. So when we look at a cell, and we'll just call that as a cell, okay? Mm -hmm. On every cell, we have receptors. And by the way, even in the cell, we have receptors. So in the mitochondria, that's where we make energy. There's receptors on the outside of the membrane. There's receptors. Hormones have to attach to these receptors inside and outside of the cell. And when they do that, then they get their message in the cell. So if we look at the two hormones that are most implicated with the two most common conditions right now in the United States, thyroid and insulin, diabetes, you have to understand that your blood levels out here could be completely normal either made normal with medication or just normal because you haven't, the blood levels haven't gone out yet. But if these hormones can't get their message in the cell or even enter the cell and get their message in the mitochondria, then you don't feel well. You don't burn fat normally. Your brain doesn't work normally. Nothing works normally. So then we ask ourselves, what is the big causative factor of blocking the hormones and inflammation? So then we ask ourselves, what is the major cause of inflammation? 
specific toxins that drive cellular inflammation because toxins go to these membranes, they drive inflammation, then they block the hormones. So if your blood levels of hormones are normal, you went to your doctor finally because your hair was thinning, you can't lose weight anymore, you don't have energy, you have brain fog, anxiety, all of the typical symptoms we're seeing. And finally he goes, oh, well, your thyroid hormones are a little off. And so that he gives you thyroid hormone. It makes the blood levels normal. I'm saying out here, meaning outside of the cell, that we'll call that your blood levels. But yet if the, uh, the thyroid hormone can't get its message or itself into the cell where it needs to work, you don't feel well despite having better levels despite taking the hormones. So we have this populace of people that are taking hormones, bioidentical hormones, which are better than regular synthetic hormones perhaps, but the point is, is it's not the cause. So therefore it's not the lasting solution. Um, and, and that's where we're going wrong. Right, right, exactly. We have to get to that upstream solution. So what would be some of those toxins that flow into or block our cell receptor sites? What are some of those? You know, when we look at, there's a lot of different ones we could talk about, right? And, and you know, right. I talk about three that are either not, discussed or handled not correct. Not correctly. Yeah. So uh, heavy metals being one of them. Like we, we hear a lot about heavy metals, but people are put on um, chelation, IV chelation, which is makes the problem worse because it causes a massive redistribution of heavy metals. Or they're given like certain chelators like cilantro and these, you know, more herbal of chelators, which are weak chelators of heavies and don't do the job. So misconceptions there. Mold is typically not even identified or even asked about people's living environments, work environments, because the way we build homes in the United States, different than Europe, by the way, um, are basically breeding grounds for mold. So many people, unknowing to them, are in a mold situation. Oh, and if you're clever enough to think maybe it is mold, because when I go out of my home, or go on vacation, I do feel better. Mm -hmm. Then you have someone come in and do a mold test. They do an air test. And 99% of the time, it's negative when you still have a mold problem. And then there's hidden infections. We talk a lot about how a lot of disease starts in the oral cavity, where right. wisdom teeth were removed and these infections can be left behind only to become problematic 20 years later. So those are different things that people overlook or mistreat. And then you have, uh, which is now back in the news because of a movie, Forever Chemicals. I don't know if you've heard of Forever Chemicals. Or I people. have. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. It, it's called, it's it's definitely worthy to watch. It's called um, Darker Waters or um, okay. Dark Waters, Dark Waters. And it basically, it, it's new documentary. Oh, it's a movie actually. And they did a fantastic job of how literally the world was basically poisoned and mostly the United States was poisoned by these chemicals. Um, if you know what these chemicals are, they're PFAs, um, which are called forever chemicals and PFOAs and Teflon, stain resistant mm. fabrics that we all grew up with, the carpet, Scotch guard, all of these things, you know, dominated our life. Right. We were taking in chemicals that we know now they knew back in the 1950s, caused cancer, reproductive problems, endocrine problems. They knew all of this back or as early as the 1950s in a company 3M 
sold the technology to DuPont and knowing that it was did all of these horrible things, caused thyroid conditions. I mean, right. all the things we're seeing explode today and they knew it and they covered it up. And one attorney brought to light the fact that, you know, th this chemical does in fact, according to their own research, by the way, is what nailed them. But here's the sad part. Despite the, the billions of dollars that have been awarded, they're still utilizing these chemicals today. And evidently in the very plant that caused the uproar, they may be manufacturing it still, or still the levels are so high that they're still detecting it coming from this plant. But the bottom line is the, their companies are still, they've just kind of changed it a bit. And we're still being exposed to these forever chemicals, which are hormone disruptors. These things cause cancer. These things are linked to major problems. And, and the numbers are staggering. And I, these I just, are the things that are what banned in Europe, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. In, in a big way, but not here in the United States. So DuPont finally settled, um, uh, settled all three, uh, 3,535 cases. And, and it was a wow. billion dollars just about, but the, the, the reason why there were so many cases is they made them do case at a time and they won every case, but it was arduous, right? Right. So PFOAs is believed to be in the blood of virtually every uh, creature on the planet and higher in the United States than other places. PFOAs are believed. I took pictures of literally uh, the, some of the facts that they were talking about in the movie is believed to be in the blood of virtually every living. Oh, I read that one. I'm sorry. Today, as a result um, of this attorney's work, there are growing movement around the world of PFOAs. Um, however, unfortunately, it's happening more outside the United States. We're still being massively exposed. So right. yeah, just some scary things. But when we talk about these chemicals, we talk about this is why we're hormonally disruptive. This is why we have so much obesity. This is why we have so many gut problems, brain problems, immune problems. It's not the lack of anything. It's the fact that these chemicals are disrupting the way our cells should work. Right, right. And when we go in and we detox people, I know even just for me personally, when I'm on a detox cycle, I can taste things from childhood. Like I can taste pledge or Windex or smoke. It's it's so bizarre, but those things are still, they're still coming out. I'm going to be 50 this year and I've been detoxing, you know, yeah. a long time with you. You know, we grew up, Laurie, we grew up in the lead generation. Right. Did. And, you know, you, you've heard me talk about how it's physically inherited four generations. And what I mean by that is that if our mothers had it, right, mm -hmm. it's very normal for moms to lose bone during pregnancy. Most of the lead is stored in the bone and out comes the lead in utero. And then that keeps getting inherited for generations, not to mention epigenetically, meaning lead changes the genes, turns on certain genes. And again, four generations. Well, if we're only two generations in, we have two more to go. But here's the disturbing part. Lead was considered normal at, at like 40 parts per million, okay? Then it went down to 20 parts. Then it went down to five. And now it's under one where we still know it causes you know, neurological deficits, hormone disruption, and it, it lowers IQ, you know, even at these levels. The point is, is that we've been exposed throughout our lifetime, extremely high levels of lead in everything that we were doing because it was everywhere. And before right. 1976 or 1978, before you know it was taken out of gasoline, um, it was in every paint. It still is. I mean, everything, things that come from China.
but the exposures that we had just in utero were tremendous. So the point is, is if you're not detoxing today, I mean, you know, what we're currently being exposed to, oh, and now they're, they're spraying our air for different reasons right. and additives in jet fuel to make them work better, you know, be mm-hmm. more efficient, aluminum, bromines, you know, it, it's remarkable. Uh, but this is why human health is suffering. Right. Oh, exactly. And so once we know that we're so exposed, then you were, so we're talking about detoxing to get to the root cause of it, that inflammation. You know, you mentioned several binders, like don't do this or don't do that. So people are like, what do I do then? So what do people do? Because most people like I've been exposed, you know, obviously since utero and I don't know what to do because I can't move to Europe. So what well, do we do? You know, what, one of the things that, um, you know, I've taught on for years and you practice it in, in your yeah. practices. You know, we talk about upregulating cell function and, and my five R's is a roadmap for practitioners of what we do there. People yeah. will be bored with the science there, but it, it's specific cellular pathways that need to be fixed when you're, when chemicals wear down those pathways, because you have to understand folks that your cells have to deal with chemicals day in, day out because your precious DNA lies within these cells. And it needs to get rid of toxins day in, day out. But once those pathways are compromised, now the cells start to build up toxins. Oh, and then your genes get triggered. Because remember, I could draw a nucleus and put DNA in there. And that's where your DNA is. And uh, most conditions, thyroid, diabetes, part of it is a gene that gets triggered. You didn't get a thyroid condition or diabetes because your mom or dad did. No, we do inherit weaknesses, but that gene has to be turned on or triggered. Toxic cells turn on bad genes. The good news is we can turn them off, but these pathways in the cell have to be fixed. So if we think of this uh, correct detox in three phases, phase number one is activating the cells to do what they should do. Phase number two is using chelators correctly. What are chelators? Chelators are things that grab toxins and they pull it out of the body and move it away. A lot of people make the mistake in just trying to use chelators to detox. You can't use chelators without fixing the cell, right? Or detoxing the cell or upregulating these cell functions. So we do that. And then we use chelators correctly. The reason I said correctly, remember I said taking IV chelation creates Mm -hmm. more distribution. And so you have to use chelators correctly, meaning in their half-life. So when you're taking them often enough, so you don't get this redistribution where more metal ends up in your brain. Bad idea or more toxic for that matter. Mm-hmm. So if we think of phase one, upregulating cell, phase two, out here, we want to use chelators or binders to grab the toxins so we don't redistribute. Make sense? And there's yeah. one more phase. Many of the toxins are brought to our liver and our gut. <clears throat> and we want to utilize, I'm drawing, so I, when I explain it, it makes sense. Okay, so many of these toxins are brought to our liver where our liver conjugates them, makes them safe, if you will, helps bring them out of the body, but they end up uh, being dumped into the gut. Now, here's the problem, is they bind up with something in the liver called bile that we use for digestion. Mm-hmm. And that bile, toxic bile complex is dumped in the gut, problem is, is that it's basically because your body's meant to reabsorb this bio and use it again and again. 
but this mm -hmm. toxic biocomplex goes in circles. It's called autointoxication. We need binders in the gut as well as outside the cell. So right. we use binders here. So step one, step two, step three is binding them in the gut so you don't reabsorb them. So that three-step process <clears throat> is something that I've taught for about 20 years. It's an amazing process and it, and it works. Works like magic. So thank you for teaching us that. Right. So your five R's, can you briefly go over what those five R's are? Yeah, that's, you know, how we get the cell functioning. R number one is stand separately. And it's what we talked about already getting to the causes. It's remove the source. If you don't remove the source, you're never going to get the cell functioning, right? You're never going to get your life back. You're so just going to chase your tail. Absolutely. So we have to look upstream to these really, really, you know, true toxic sources and remove them in somebody's life. Our number two is regenerating these cell membranes. You know, these cell membranes, outer and inner, where these very precious uh, hormone receptors are, you have to regenerate them. And by the way, it's critical because if you don't regenerate the membranes, you can't get the good nutrition in and you can't get the toxins out. So you really have to fix the membrane. It's the gatekeeper. Uh, there's a saying, you know, life begins and ends on the membranes. Your, right. your hormonal health is determined by your membranes. Your brain's ability to work determined by the membranes, your immune system, the membrane. So regenerating them is critical for just how you feel. Uh, R3 is re uh, restoring, I'm sorry, um, cellular energy. Restoring cellular energy is critical for how the cell gets rid of toxins day in, day out. Okay. Restoring cell energy is how everything works in the cell. You know, even your precious DNA, you know, protection, everything works mm -hmm. by the cell energy. You have to restore it. R4 is reducing the inflammation of the cell. We started this by saying inflammation is the cause of most chronic diseases, but more specifically, cellular inflammation. If we don't reduce it, we're, we don't stand a chance of getting well. And then the last R is reestablishing something called methylation. Uh, methylation is part of how our cells detox. Methylation is part of how our cells uh, turn down bad genes, turn on good ones. Very, very important process for getting rid of bad hormones, toxic hormones. So um, all of those things are critical um, in the methylation process, but you have to reestablish it because the thing that depletes it is specific toxins. So we have to reestablish it to really get the cells working. Right, right. I love it. I love it. I love the five R's. I love the fact you're drawing the cell because it just makes so much sense. And I think the hardest part is R number one is finding what those sources are. Don't you think? Yeah. And I, I think it's even if you find out where they are, I, I was just on the phone with an attorney of one of my clients who um, was battling cancer for a um, couple years now. Uh, and he had spent hundreds of thousands of dollars out of pocket with the best cancer treatments that most people couldn't afford. Sure. And he hires me and I'm very specific that, look, my job isn't is in this isn't to treat your cancer. My job is to look upstream for how you got there. And yeah. he was smart enough to realize that's probably the most important thing that he can do. So in that, we discovered a lot of things. But one thing he kept saying, was that when he would go away, he would say, yeah, I'm, oh, he was reporting to me, you know, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better. My energy's up. Remember, I'm not as irritable, my wife said. And I, I put the clues together that, it, you know, it's every time you leave your house that it seems like you do better. 
you know, and you do worse when you get back in the house. So we had someone come in his house that knows how to look for mold correctly. And it was so bad that the remediators left the house and wow. said, this is a teardown. We're not even touching this. Wow. This was the reason the, the poor guy ended up with cancer. Sure. And, um, and it, you know, you, you hear me tell you these, these causes work in a perfect storm, typically of three stressors and boom, the bottom falls out. But right. there is no doubt that this was part, if not the biggest part of his perfect storm. And he had some other things going on. Uh, he had some massive infections in his mouth that we know are linked to cancer. Sure. Um, but, you know, yeah, no one ever really, he was going to the best cancer doctors in the world. None of them asked about his environment, his house. Not, none of them asked about what was going on in his oral cavity, right? So um, we dug into that. And good news is he's in, you know, remission in a very, very positive light. Wow. That's fantastic. It it just tells you how powerful, you know, those hidden infections are in our body and the mold in our home. And, you know, even if my, in my own home, it was hard to find the mold, like did so many tests that, that all of them came back, like you don't have any mold. And then we found mold. And then, yeah. you know, that's a clue as to why I wasn't. You know, and then, you know, to your point, how hard it is, right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, when I got the report back from the gentleman who went in and found it, my next message to, to him was get out. Right. Like, you've spent all this money. You've done all these things. It's like, get out, get out now. Mm -hmm. And it was still for him, like, wait a minute, I can't just leave my home. I can't. And then I just start sending him things to read and watch. And then he's like, yeah, I'm out. It was a week later. He's like, I'm out, you know, done. Uh, yeah. You know, and it was a teardown. And, um, mm. you know, now he's battling his insurance company. And you know, of course, uh, but the, right. the point is, is that um, he realized nothing was worth risking, you know, what now he has a second chance at another right. life. Right. Yeah. Because he could have had a death sentence for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And that's how, that's what, you know, why, why we do what we do, why you teach what you teach. And, you know, and because it is a matter of life and death. Yeah, it, it, it really is. You know, and you look at, um, you know, if you watch the movie, um, uh, the, the, the dark water, it's like, it's pretty disturbing because these people developed cancer and mm -hmm. so many even today are, are affected, don't know, you know, massively exposed to these, exposed to these chemicals. And of course, it, it's not one thing. Uh, the person that's going to end up with the di cancer diagnosis or um, the thyroid condition has other stressors. Maybe they have high heavy metals from other exposures in their life. Like I was explaining, you know, you know, in utero through mom. Um, and then th this one more thing. Now their their detox pathways are slowed down. Now they're building up forever chemicals. And folks, they're forever chemicals because they, you can't get them out of the environment unless you specifically do something to do it or the human body. You know, they just stay there locked and they yeah. cause inflammation, which causes chronic disease. And, and the number one causes, I just don't feel good. I just don't have enough energy at the end of my day. Gosh, my brain's not working right. Yeah, that's, those are the, that's like classic neurotoxic illness right there. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise you just keep chasing your tail. You have to yeah. get to the root cause. So- I just can't thank you enough for all the teaching you've done and that you will continue to do. And thank you for talking to my audience today. Is there anything you'd like to leave them with? You know, when we look at um, 
inflammation, right, of the cell is a causative factor of most diseases today. You know, toxins, no doubt, are, are, are number one. But let me give two other quick okay. causes that people may not think about. Oils that are, again, I just coming back from Italy, the, the difference in health uh, was stark, you know, and the, the mm -hmm. European versus Americans. The other thing you go and you go into any restaurant there, you don't have to ask them if they use vegetable or canola oil. They use real olive oil. Now, why is that significant? You know that many health experts say that these bad oils, vegetable and canola oil, and a lot of these processed seed oils that we're using in all of our food here, yes, it drives cellular inflammation like toxins do because right. these fats are so important in the cell membranes that they make their way in there and they're rancid. So they drive inflammation just like the toxins do. And they don't just stay for days. They stay for months, if not years, years. in bioaccumulated in the cells, in our tissues. Mo many experts are saying it's worse and more dangerous than cigarettes. Yeah. And as, as far as what it's doing to human health. So, I mean, that's a bold statement. And, um, you know, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But if experts feel it's even close, it's, it's a pretty strong statement. The point is, is that if you live in the United States of America, you better be avoiding vegetable, canola oil, and non-organic seed oils. Otherwise, you are getting rancid oils that are driving cellular inflammation and causing major hormone problems and other problems right. in your body. Listen, it's all you have to do is learn how to read ingredients. Get just, and when you go to restaurants, tell them you're allergic to it and mm -hmm. use real butter or, or olive oil. And we go to dinner a lot because, you know, and I still don't get exposed because I'm very specific about not eating it. I won't ever eat it. I'll eat some sugar. You know, maybe I'll have a dessert every mm -hmm. once in a while, but I will not eat ingest these oils. Okay. The last one that drives cellular inflammation that you may not think about is your thoughts. I just mm -hmm. brought out this book. So good. Yes. Yeah. And it's, this is the biology of belief. Yep. And it, it's Dr. Bruce Lipton. And he was one of the first to tell us that our thoughts are basically drivers of cellular inflammation, meaning negative thoughts, mm -hmm. but positive thoughts do the exact opposite. Now, I know that sounds a little wokey for some people or hokey or however you want to put it, but it's not. Thoughts are wavelengths and they communicate with our cells mm -hmm. a wavelength and yeah. they can drive um, inflammation or non-inflammation. They change your DNA. Thoughts change your DNA. Let me, let me give you an example. Okay. If you got a phone call, okay, all of a sudden, and someone tells you someone just died in your family, like God forbid, or is in an auto accident, would you feel that thought? Yeah. Yeah, you you get a sick feeling, right? Yeah. I mean, th these are thoughts that drove a response in the body all the way down to the cellular level, right? Yeah. Of course, it's going to release certain hormones, certain chemicals, and then that that creates a cellular reaction. But thoughts create actions, thoughts create responses, right? So our thoughts, you know, create a cellular reaction. So or the opposite, we get a phone call and it's a happy thing, and we feel that feeling. Right. It's like, so, you know, th that's, that's the point is people don't understand how our environment, and I, this was from my notes in here, but I have our environment like toxins regulate certain proteins in our cells. This is how it works. That changes our DNA 
that sends signals something through RNA, and then it changes proteins of who we actually are. So literally we become who we think we are for better or for worse. So, mm -hmm. and that's the whole point of the book. So our DNA is controlled by our environment. So anyways, change your thoughts, change your cells. Change, change your life. Your mm -hmm. Yeah. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, right? Yeah. And uh, our friend Ben Azadi calls it vitamin G, right? Yes. I mean, how do you change your thoughts? And this isn't his work, but the work of many. Start your day with the things you're grateful for. Gratitude, that's vitamin G, gratitude. Yeah. And finish your day with what you're grateful for, or what you're grateful for, for the day. And watch, you know, how you change. So many things change in between. Absolutely. I love those parting words. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, I love you to pieces, Dr. Papa. So thank you for everything that you do. And I will see all of you in the next episode.